0: Welcome to the Plus Size Traveler Podcast. This is the first dedicated podcast for Plus Size Travelers. You can find us at PlusSizeTravelerPodcast.com and on Facebook and Instagram under the Plus Size Traveler Podcast. My name is Adrienne. I'm in Los Angeles and when i'm not traveling i do multicultural marketing and i generally travel every other month for work or pleasure except for this year i haven't been traveling as much due to the coronavirus scare you can find me at travelingadrian.com and on instagram at travelingadrian
1: hi everyone this is lauren still here on the beautiful island of maui I am a toward size 28 and that's a 4x or 5x as well. You can find my blog at the plus size and I'm also on Instagram and Facebook as the plus size globetrotter. Well, welcome to our brand new episode and we're highlighting a domestic location this episode and we're excited to bring you to Austin, Texas. Now, funny enough, I have yet to have been to Austin, Texas. However, my co-host, Adrian, absolutely loves it. And I'm here today to help with our side topic, which is going to be travel insurance. Now, we have invited two locals from the Austin area to help us talk about Austin, Texas, in lieu of my never being there. And uh, I'd like to introduce them to you. Sheila, you want to tell us a little bit about yourself? Hi, so I am Sheila
2: Lopez and I'm a size 1820. I work full time in marketing and on the side I have my blog and I model as well. You can find me at Ladivinalatina.com and on Instagram at Ladivina.Latina.
1: Now, we also have another very exciting first this episode. We've got our first male guest co-host, and we'd like to hear a little bit about you right now, Jeff.
3: Hello. Yes, my name is Jeff Jenkins. I'm the founder of Chubby Diaries. We're an online platform that helps chubby people travel the world. And you can find me on Instagram at Diaries underscore underscore and on Facebook at Diaries travel.
0: In addition to a highlighted destination, we talk about other plus-size travel topics or an essential item. In past episodes, we've covered airplane seats, bathing suits, shoes, backpacks, winter coats, athletic wear, and shorts. In light of what's happening with the coronavirus, we're going to talk about travel insurance. Now, Lauren, how is coronavirus affecting tourism in Maui?
1: To be honest, it's a little bit of everything. People are still coming, seeing as we only really have two confirmed cases on a different island than I'm on. They're confirmed over on Oahu. So people are definitely still coming, but people are definitely canceling future plans. And that's kind of just started happening in the last maybe week or so. We've been getting a lot of calls for cancellations. I had a really big one today. I've got a big group that was supposed to be here in April that's canceling. But to be honest, even at work yesterday, Yesterday, a lot of the people were kind of still in joke mode. I feel like it wasn't until last night's speech from Trump that things kind of got a little bit more real. I mean, I was in Costco today and it was crazy packed. But, um, you know, the planes were still coming in one after another. So I'm anticipating it to get worse. But as of right now, we're still in the out of sight, out of mind, false sense of security zone.
0: And Jeff, how is coronavirus affecting tourism in Austin
3: It's definitely impacting us. And we can start with just one of the largest conferences in the world, South by Southwest, being canceled a week ago. That really is going to impact just some of our tourism uh, that we have during this month that affects the bars and the hotels and the ride share and just our city in general. And so, It's interesting because we don't know who's still coming in because it's supposed to start technically today. I think people are still coming in and there's some unofficial stuff happening, but I think the impact is still great.
0: Sheila, has coronavirus affected any of your travel plans? I was interested in going into the We All Grow Latina
2: Summit that is happening in California, but I did receive a newsletter from the organization that they're going to go ahead and push the dates back to July. It was originally scheduled for, I believe, mid-May, but because of what's going on with coronavirus, they're going to go
0: ahead and reschedule that. So coronavirus is definitely affecting all of our lives, and that gets us into the topic we want to cover today, and that's travel insurance. Do you guys purchase travel insurance when you plan travel?
1: I really don't. I'm sure that that's a bad idea in general. Just I've never really taken part, unfortunately.
3: I used to never buy travel insurance until I had an accident in Bali where I fell off a moped and skinned up my leg really bad. And so ever since that moment, I started buying travel insurance. And when I found out how cheap it was and how reasonably affordable it was, I knew that I will have it for every trip I go on.
2: I also have never purchased travel insurance, so I am actually very excited to learn more about it because it's something that I want to do for future trips, um, you know, just to be safe.
0: For those of you who don't know, trip insurance is a number of things. It could be just medical. It could be trip interruption. There's even a way to cancel for any reason. There's different companies that offer different things. I'd say for domestic travel, if you have insurance in the United States, Your insurance will generally cover you no matter where you are in the United States. So I don't think you really need it for medical domestically. If it's an expensive flight, you might want to consider just the insurance to cover your airplane ticket. Lauren, I find it really interesting that you don't get travel insurance when you often travel with your mother who is a senior citizen.
1: Well, it kind of all started with when I got my dog Weasley, which he's 11 now. I was thinking about purchasing pet insurance for him, and it was the first time I'd actually had voluntary insurance possibilities instead of like, you have to buy car insurance, that sort of thing. And so I did some research into it and there were so many, if this, but not that limitations, I just thought, well, geez, by the time he's 11, I'll have pumped $20,000 into this pet insurance and maybe have never used it. I can tell you that that kind of shaped how I felt about insurance, oddly enough. Of course, I'm lying high on cockiness right now because he's 11 years old and I've never really needed it, so I kind of think, woohoo, I saved myself so much money. But it's true, pet insurance, travel insurance, two completely different things. It's not something I would definitely not do moving forward. I had planned on going to the British Isles on a cruise starting in April, and then this new travel ban totally would have messed that up. You don't know what we could have recouped from that. This has definitely changed my view, and I would definitely consider it moving forward. What I will
0: say is i generally do get travel insurance because my husband not that he isn't in the best health but he does have a compromised immune system and luckily my trip to Bali last year i think total i might have spent five grand and my husband just couldn't go he just didn't feel well his doctor wrote him a note and i had insurance and i got every single bit of money back minus whatever my insurance cost. and to jeff's point it's not that expensive it depends on the company you use and it depends what you want to cover Now, Jeff, if you didn't have travel insurance when you were in Bali and you got in that accident, what would that have cost you in terms of medical costs?
3: I would actually say that it didn't cost me that much. It was actually only like 50 extra bucks. But when I was in Thailand, one of my friends had got sick and he was having to like be rushed to the ER. And the woman was like, unless he has insurance, this is going to cost automatically $1,200. And so even that moment was like, I'm glad I have insurance because that's a drastic thing from being a couple of bucks to $1,200 that can ruin a, a trip very quickly.
0: I definitely recommend travel insurance. But I think the key is to really read the fine print. What I've been reading now with the coronavirus scare is that many of the policies do not cover communicable diseases. It just depends. You just want to make sure whatever you sign up for, you read it. There are very popular cancel for any reason insurance policies, like if you just don't feel well, you're mad at your husband, you don't want to go on this, you can cancel. But of course, these policies are very expensive. And a lot of travel insurance companies are not doing these right now because of the coronavirus scare. So I would say that that this is not a time to panic. I think you can still look to travel, maybe just wait it out for a couple months right now and see how this all plays out. And I think you can start planning for travel and maybe just focus on domestic locations where the flights are only a couple hours or maybe do a drive vacation. And what's great about Austin is that it's in the middle of the country. I'm thinking that I might take a quick trip out there in the next couple months because I don't think I'll be traveling internationally anytime soon.
1: What I've chosen to do since I always have itchy feet and really love to travel is to really take advantage of my immediate place. So instead of dreaming about going to Europe as I always am, I've just decided to take up a new hobby here in Maui. I'm sure there's other things that you've never done in Los Angeles because you're like, I live here, I can always do it. I definitely think continue to dream, continue to think about travel, but maybe do what tourists come to your city to do. I completely agree about, you know, taking advantage of where you
2: are. For me living in Austin, there's like so much to do. You know, I've lived here for almost 15 years and there's still new places for me to explore. We have so much live music here. I think that there is like opportunity for you to take advantage of where you are in the city that you're in. And then also, you know, taking road trips to like different cities surrounding you
3: to be honest, I want to see how everything like really shakes out for the next couple of weeks to a month before I can even feel safe of saying like yeah, let's get out there and start traveling again I think one of the main things that's happening right now is that they're trying to prevent the spread of the infection, and so I'm cool with just staying in, but when it's over, I'm an avid traveler so I want everybody to get out there and travel, so doing some domestic stuff, Austin is incredible when I first moved to Austin, seven years Ago, I thought of Texas being like just desert, but Austin is just breathtaking. We're a hill country. They call us the hill country because we have these magnificent hills here. And so I definitely will recommend being a tourist in your own city.
0: So let's start talking about Austin. We chose Austin because it's a quirky, fun foodie and music town. Wallet Hub named Austin the best college town in the United States. It's the state capital of Texas. And Jeff mentioned something about the hills of Texas. It's also known as Silicon Hills because a lot of the cool tech companies are there, like Amazon, Apple, EA Games, Google, and Facebook. I absolutely love Austin. I took my husband there a couple of years ago. I think I stayed at the Archer Hotel. My husband was like, I don't want to do a lot of tourist stuff. I just want to eat. And if you want to eat, Austin is where it's at. We're going to start with the tourist and cultural sites. Jeff, you said one of the main things to see there are the Hamilton and Barton Springs pools. Can you tell me a little bit more about that?
3: The Hamilton and the Jacob's Well, I didn't even mention that one earlier, and Barton Springs pools, they're just these like natural, amazing pools. So Barton Springs is natural spring water that comes in, I believe it stays like 60 to 70 degrees year round. Uh, The Hamilton pool, it like sits in like a rock quarry and there's like waterfalls that come from it and The water is just beautiful. And then the Jacob's Well, which I was always enamored by, it's this big hole in the ground and people dive into this massive hole. So it's worth going to. You just have to make sure that you sign up ahead of time because everything is naturally protected, except Barton Springs. But uh, Jacobs Well and Hamilton Pool, you have to like sign up online and do your reservations online. But Hamilton Pool, it's like three to five bucks to get in.
0: So that brings up a good point. I didn't know that you had to reserve these things. So the weekend I went, I thought the day of, I'm just going to go. Yeah, I couldn't get in. For those of you who haven't been to Austin, these are really amazing things. And I wish I did this, but I didn't plan ahead and reserve. Next up is Mount Bonnell. Oh, I love Mount Bonnell. That's something that I always recommend
2: for people when they're coming to Austin. I can't remember the exact number of steps you have to take to get to the top, but it's like in the hundreds. But it has a beautiful view, especially in the sunset. So you can see all these celebrity houses that are on the hills from Mount Bonnell, and just all this natural greenery. That it's worth getting up all those stairs to see that spectacular view, and it's Instagrammable. That's what I'm going to tell everybody is that you will want to take pictures to post
0: on social media Jeff you also mentioned bat watching on Congress Bridge to be one of the top things to see I actually did that and that was amazing do locals also do that
3: I can't tell if locals actually do it but when people come into town I definitely recommend people going to experience the bats and you would think like, okay, going to like see bats, but you get there and you're waiting. You're like, what's going on? And once dusk hits, it's amazing. Like they just start trickling out and there's over a million bats that come out and it's just a spectacular sight. It's like a dark cloud of bats. It's amazing.
0: Now, Sheila, you mentioned that the Mexican Art Museum is something that you must see when you're in Austin. Can you tell me more about that? The Mexican Art Museum is in downtown Austin. It is going
2: to be a place that you can easily Access, especially if you're visiting Austin, one of the things that you want to do is be exploring downtown, walking around downtown. And so you will find yourself probably walking past the Mexicarte Museum. And I encourage you to go in and check out all the amazing art that is on display. They do have a gallery within the museum that has rotating art. And they also have a gift shop I bought uh, for friends and then sent it to them because of the unique things that Mexicarte has.
0: Jeff, you mentioned the state capitol building. Can you tell me more about that? I drove past it, but I didn't even think to stop.
3: I believe that they do tours once every hour. Inside is incredible. You get to learn a lot about Texas history. I learned so much about Texas. I love bringing people to the capitol because even when you go to the rotunda, it's gorgeous. definitely recommend it.
0: Okay, let's get to the nightlife and theater aspects of Austin. Austin is the birthplace of the Alamo Drafthouse. And if you haven't been to an Alamo Drafthouse, this is the epitome of a movie experience for an adult. There's no kids allowed. You can drink beer and you're not allowed to talk during the movie. It is incredible. I had a great time. My husband's such a movie buff. He just thought that everyone should have an Alamo Drafthouse. We finally have one here in LA. Jeff, what about Sixth Street and Rainy Street? What are your thoughts on nightlife there? 6th
3: Street is legendary. My in-laws were college basketball players back in the day, and they talked about their time in Austin even 20, 30 years ago and saying, like, we love 6th Street. 6th uh, Street is just full of bars. Uh, there's like three parts to it, West, 30 and East 6. And you can find live music. You can find restaurants and bars on that street. And Rainy Street is this really cool side of town. It's a street where houses have been turned into bars. And there's an uh, amazing sausage house there called Bangers, where your mimosa comes in this massive glass, and it's about a bottle and a half of champagne. There's tons of people out there on a nightly basis, and on Rainy and 6th Street, Thursday through Saturday, the street closes at 9 o'clock, so you can even walk throughout the street.
0: Now, Sheila, you have some favorites for nightlife. Can you tell us more about those? So I especially love the
2: Teatro Vivo from the uh, Mexican American Culture Center that we have here in Austin. So the Mexican American Culture Center has different aspects to it. They have a museum, they have festivals, and then they also have Teatro Vivo, which they host in the evenings, which they'll have these different theater troupes that are coming in to do improv as well as scripted theater. And some of it is in Spanish, some of it is in English, some of it is bilingual, and it's from local creatives here in Austin. There is also the Hideout Theater as well, which has the same concept, and one of my favorite shows to catch there is called Escándalo. When you translate it in English, it's called Scandalous. They take telenovela style, Spanish soap operas, and they create a comedy improv based off of that. They get raving reviews about this show, and it's an ongoing show. And then I also love Elysium for having the their drag performances
0: you're guaranteed to have a good time let's talk about shopping in austin jeff tell me more about south congress road
3: south congress has different shops there they have the famous joe coffee shop that has the i love you so much sign and one of my favorites is home slice which is new york style pizza to me it's my favorite pizza in austin
0: sheila what are your favorite places to shop
2: we always have these festivals and markets going on in Austin. My all-time favorite is Frida Friday ATX. Now, Frida Friday ATX is an organization that amplifies women of color, entrepreneurs, and businesses. And they host a monthly event that includes a market as well as performances, local food trucks and vendors there as well, along with activities activities. And so this market will generally feature 25 local artisans where you can buy handmade jewelry, candles, anything that you can think of. This market has the founder of this organization. She is inspired by Frida Kahlo as a woman who was not appreciated in life as much as she should have been as an artist. That is the whole purpose of Frida Friday ATX is to appreciate women entrepreneurs and artists now. The good thing about these markets um, and these events is that they're free and they're open to the public. Family friendly and they're also pet friendly as well. And then another area for shopping that I love is the trailers at Canopy, which is on the east side of Austin. And one of the trailers that I love is Corazon Sagrado, which has a lot of local artists and creatives merchandise there for purchase. And it is also pet
0: friendly as well. Let's talk about the street art in Austin. I love how Austin really embraces this. They have a lot of cool murals all around the city. Jeff, what are your two favorites?
3: My two favorites are first, the I Love You So Much sign. That's right on the side of Joe's Coffee, which is on South Congress. And then the greetings from Austin, which is off of First Street. And you can check that one out. Is so many people that are just gathered trying to take pictures there.
2: I am obsessed with local Latino artist Federico Archuleta, who is known by his artist name as Federico. One of my favorites of his is the uh, Death Do Us part, which is on East 7th and Waller. And so it's basically like these two skulls facing each other. And there's like a heart surrounding them and there are these beautiful colorful flowers it is just an amazing stunning piece and then there is another one of his that I like which is a Selena Mural, which is outside of Taqueria Chapala, which is on East Cesar Chavez. It is also by him. It is super cute. And it is basically paying homage to Selena Quintanilla, who is Queen of Tejano. There's a lot of love and appreciation for Selena. And you're going to want to go by and take a picture in front of it.
0: Well, thank you, Sheila and Jeff. You just gave the listeners four spots for Instagram moments. Let's talk about my favorite part of the podcast. And that is the Food Ventures. A Food Venture is trying regional specialty food in the area that you're in. Austin is such a foodie town. We need to break it down by category. So let's start with barbecue. There's two barbecues that are very, very famous. The old school one is Salt Lake Barbecue. That was the first stop I went. I got off the plane. I took my husband there. I thought it was just okay. Jeff, what are your thoughts?
3: I actually really do like it. The side items aren't my favorite. I feel like their meat is incredible. And if you go down to the one in Dripping Springs, it feels like Texas. Like it feels like you're at a barbecue almost because people are out there with coolers, people are out there drinking and just having fun.
0: So I went to the original Dripping Springs location and it did feel like Texas to me, for sure. I just wasn't a fan of the size and I don't think I was a big fan of the sauces, but I appreciate the history. Sheila, what are your thoughts about Salt Lake? I have only been once before, but I loved it. Okay, the other super well-known barbecue place is Franklin's. Now, I didn't go to Franklin's because I think it's like a six hour wait and I was only there for a weekend. Jeff, do you think it's worth it?
3: I'm not a line person, so I would, Say no, <laughs> it's not worth it. But it's definitely really good. If you want to try Franklin's barbecue, I think the place to go is to loros which is a Asian slash barbecue fused restaurant that Franklin partnered with another owner to do. And he actually sells Franklin brisket at that restaurant.
0: Wow, super secret guys! So go to loros if you want some Franklin barbecue and not wait in line for hours. Sheila, what are your thoughts on Franklin barbecue? I have to be probably the only Austin
2: person who has yet to try Franklin's barbecue. I've wanted to go. But again, the thing that puts me off, as Jeff was saying, is the line. Now that I know about Loro's, that is what I'm going to do.
0: So the barbecue I did have was from Styles and Switch, and I think that is my favorite. I think I tried another one in town. I don't remember the name because I wasn't super impressed, but Styles and Switch is my favorite. Jeff, what is your favorite barbecue place in Austin?
3: Well, I mean, you you hit it right on the uh, head. Styles Switch is amazing. I actually just took some business partners that were in town yesterday there, so is literally my favorite place to take any person that's from out of the state or uh, out of the city because you really get that Texas vibe when you walk into the door. And it's, it's just a great experience.
0: Sheila, what's your favorite barbecue joint?
2: I actually love Green Mesquite Barbecue because I specifically love the smoked wings. That is probably not what comes to mind first when you think of barbecue. But trust me, those smoked wings are to die for.
1: All right,
0: let's talk about traditional Mexican food, not Tex-Mex. Sheila, what is your favorite traditional Mexican food restaurant in Austin? That has to be Gabriela's near downtown
2: Austin. And it is a family-owned restaurant. They are cooking dishes that are passed down from their abuela, their grandmother, who came from the state of Michoacan in Mexico. And the one thing that I do recommend is getting the drinks from there. They do have a bar inside the restaurant as well as outside on the patio area. They use all natural ingredients when they're making like their drinks. So the juices and any of the sweeteners that they put are all coming from fresh fruits. That's what I love about them. And they have some amazing micheladas. They're like jumbo size and they come with these different toppers that you can order and they're delicious. So that's definitely a place I recommend that you try for some authentic Mexican cuisine.
3: My favorite is Al Pastor on Riverside. I've never actually been into the restaurant, but there is a food truck that sits in the front of the parking lot and it's always a line. They make their flour tortillas handmade and it's just incredible. I thoroughly love that food truck. My friend ate like 11 tacos in one day there. I love it.
0: So let's talk about Tex-Mex food. I did try a lot of this when I was there. I love Torchy's Queso. I think I went three times and I was only there for three days. I loved Home State Breakfast Tacos. They have really amazing handmade tortillas. Their beans and cheese and egg taco is my favorite. I ended up going to the Texas Chili Parlor because they have so many chilies and my husband really loves chili. What are your favorite Tex-Mex locations in Austin?
3: My favorite is Juan in a Million. They borderline Tex-Mex and authentic Mexican food. I go there for their breakfast tacos and they have one that was featured on Man vs food called the Don Juan. And it is this massive plate of eggs, bacon, potatoes, and cheese. It's just incredible. Like literally I fed maybe three or four people off of that one time.
2: So I really like Chewy's. So Chewy's is a Tex-Mex place that's known to a lot of people in Austin. They're known for having this combo dish, which is called the Elvis Presley, which has crispy taco and like an enchilada. And it's just like a massive plate. And then the decor is super like funky with hubcaps on the ceiling. And then there's art, obviously, of Elvis. When Elvis was alive, he loved eating at Chewy's. The chile rellenos there is really good. You'll definitely
0: want to go there what's your other favorite restaurant in Austin?
3: OMG, my favorite non-Texas style food is definitely Asia Cafe. It's off of North 183 and it is authentic Chinese food. A majority of the time when I go in there, it's a whole bunch of Chinese people in there and I love it.
0: What about you, Sheila?
2: I really love ramen tatsuya and it is so delicious. There's always a line, but it's worth it.
0: All right, everyone, we're at the end of our Austin podcast and I want I want to thank you for listening. Huge thanks to Sheila and Jeff for joining us today. You can listen to the Plus Size Traveler podcast at PlusSizeTravelerPodcast.com, Apple and Google podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. You can follow us on Facebook and Instagram at the Plus Size Traveler podcast as well. Every episode, we switch between international and domestic locations. Since Italy has been in our thoughts lately, our next episode will be talking all about the historic city of Rome. We know that this is an uncertain time for all of us, but it will pass. Keep dreaming of adventure, fellow plus-size travelers. Mahalo! (laughs) Mahalo!